or what is the reason for possible podcasting podcasting but don't know how do you want to make money from your podcast do you want your podcast to be broadcast on various platforms you have one single answer to all your question anchor anchor helps you to create and edit your podcast it shares your podcast across various other podcasting platforms like spotify breaker google podcast all you need to do is anchor this cannot record your podcast and anchor does the rest anchor the one stop podcasting platform for you morning welcome to another episode of history under your feet today we take a look at a very significant event in indian history the vellore meridian mutiny typically the 1857 revolt is often seen as the first large scale armed revolt against the british rule and the often most discussed one but around 50 years before this there was an equally bloody revolt on july 10 1806 by indian sepoys in vellore Vellore is a small city located in the northern part of Tamil Nadu close to Andhra Pradesh border getting its name from the vellore tree surrounding it now known for its leather industry and the cms hospital one of india's leading healthcare providers and the famous vellore fort where the mutiny broke out built during the vijayanagar era in 1566 ad it gained strategic importance after chandragiri became the capital following the demise of hampi post talikota the fort was later ruled by the bijapur sultans of marathas and mughals before the british finally took over it and around 1862 infantry regiments regiments of the madras regiment was stationed in the fort the immediate cause of the mutiny was a possible dress code imposed on the indian soldiers hindu soldiers were prohibited from wearing dhoti or tilak while muslim soldiers were asked to share their beards soldiers were asked to wear a round hat and cockade in place of a turban which offended the sensibilities of both hindus and muslims the cockade is a round hat associated with christianity around the time the order was passed by sir general John Craddock, the commander-in-chief of the Madras Army, this triggered a lot of resentment among the sepoys, and the changes were forcibly imposed in spite of an order to keep in mind the sensitive and delicate nature of the proposal. In May 1806, some of the protesting sepoys were sent to Fort Saint George, Chennai, and two of them were given 90 lashes in public and dismissed from service. Around 19 sepoys were lashed around 50 times and asked to seek pardon from the East India Company. Then. There was also the angle of Tipu Sultan's sons who had been confined to the fort since 1799 as pensioners following their father's defeat. Though their intentions seemed to have been stoked up rising in the Mysore province once the actual mutiny started they were reluctant. The garrison in the Vellore fort was comprised of four companies of British infantry, three battalions of Madras infantry. The sepoys typically lived outside the fort walls with their families in the huts. However, just one day before, on July 9, 1806, the sepoys had to be assembled in the fort, as there was a parade scheduled the next day, and they had to be ready for it. And this was the right opportunity they were looking for. On July 10, 1806, in the wee hours of the morning, just past midnight, the mutiny broke out. The sepoys went on a rampage, killing 14 officers of their own Madras regiment and 115 men of the 69th Regiment. While they were sleeping, which included Colonel Saint John Fancourt, the commander of the fort. By dawn, the rebels had seized control of the fort, raised the Mysore flag over it, and declared Fateh Haidar to Pusil Tan's second son as ruler. However, British officer Major Coops escaped the carnage and alerted the garrison in Arcot. Nine hours later, a relief force comprising the British Ninth Light Dragoons, Kalapur Guns, and a squadron of Madras cavalry rode from Arcot to Vellore, covering a distance of 26 km in two hours. 
and led by one of the most capable officers of Rodolfo Gillespie, he dashed ahead of the main force with a single troop of around 20 men. In the foot, Gillespie found around 60 European officers of the 69th who had survived the carnage still holding out, but having no stock of ammunition. And with the gates marked, Gillespie clambered up the fort walls using a rope and led them in a bayonet charge. As the 19th Light and Madras cavalry neared the fort, he made them blow open the gates using the caliper guns. Both the 19th Light and Madras cavalry charged inside the fort, killing an ace of stood in their way. Hundreds of boys who took part in refuge in the fort were brought out light against a wall and shot dead. It was one of the bloodiest encounters ever, resulting in around 350 sepoys killed and more wounded. The unrest was snuffed out in a stoke and the British were safe. But the massacre was ghastly enough that reprisals for the surviving mutineers were equally terrible. After a hastily conducted trial, six mutineers were blown away from guns, five shot dead by the firing squad, eight hanged and five transported for life. The three Madras regiment battalions the three Madras regiment battalions were disbanded, while Captain John Craddock, whose orders led to the mutiny, was defaulted in disgrace at his own cost, along with other senior officers. The Mysore royal family in the fort was transferred to Kolkata, while the governor, William Bentick II, was recalled. The Gwalla mutiny was over and crushed, but its recuperations would be fronted in the form of numerous smaller revolts and outbreaks against the British troops, finally resulting in the 1857 report revolt.